Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, St. Louis. DGS on KMOX. Another gorgeous day out there. Uh, I hate to start with negative, but what the hell are you supposed to do on days like this? Um... We can go small ball or we can go big overall. Let's start big overall. Uh, With everything going on, and I tend to be drawn this way anyway. Um, But what I wrote down last night to ask you guys is, here's exactly what I wrote down. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? Like, is a species what's wrong with us? I mean, you go back as far as you want to go. Whether it's biblical and, you know, one of the first guys hit his brother in the head of the rock or it's just evolution and, you know, the uh, the tribes and is it, I don't know. I, I just, it is so, I have my weaknesses and things that I regret from the past, but uh, if I were in charge, there wouldn't be any wars because I wouldn't. I'm not a big comparison guy, you know, like I, I can go, oh, Chris, it's a very nice watch, but I have no need to hit him in the head and take it. You know what I mean? But there seems to be enough of those people that throughout human history, we've been hitting each other in the head and taking rocks or countries or crops or money and getting to the ripe old age of 59 and having my kids be adults now and worrying about what their life's going to be like and watching everything that's going on in the world. I know it's a giant question. You can answer it religiously. You can answer it secularly. Answer it any way you want. But what the hell do you think's wrong with us? Why can't Rod, Rodney, what's his name? Just why can't we get along? Why can't we get along? Oh, Rodney King. Yeah. yeah. You, you could argue that this is why our species took over the planet. The aggression? The, I mean, even if it's not all of us, it's enough of us. That's interesting. And sometimes those Why there are no Neanderthals? Because we Because we killed them all. Them. We outdid them. I mean, maybe not necessarily in a direct war, but we outdid them for whatever reason because we have it hardwired. And not again, I don't think everybody's equal. I think your point is interesting that you wouldn't want to be in a war. But what if, what if that guy comes and slaps you and tries to take your watch? What are you going to do then? Right. We are wired to respond. Some of us not. Some of us have have learned to control impulses. Some have not. Some will fight back. Others will in, will in, instigate. But you could argue, and I don't know that there's a great um, historical record that would prove it, 
But you could make the argument that that's why we are the species that dominates the planet. It's a very interesting point, that it's almost necessary to our success as a species. Or at the very least, it was the root cause of our success. If not necessary now, at least it might have been at one point along the lines of evolution. It's yeah. probably innate, the survival instinct. It is at the it's probably at the foundation of all of it. We've evolved a bit, but there are times where like now, and, and I don't mean today, I mean now, mm -hmm. where I don't think we've evolved enough. Still have a long way to go. Yeah. And I hope we don't kill each other to the point where we never get there. Um but we do have, there's a lot more progress that needs to be made in that way. And obviously mine's coming from my faith, so different than Kevin and Ramji. And that is that it, it is human nature. Humans are fallen. And when we're left to our own devices and indulge all of our impulses, we see the worst version of what we can all be. And I think there have been obviously bad times and bad iterations for different reasons. But let's focus on right now because it's a bad time and because of the stupidity. It's not the hardest time to live, but it's one of the it's stupidest times. It's one of the stupidest, times. yeah. And I think it's because of the law of the conservation of religion. We're going to worship something. And I think right now, at least in our country, we really worship ourselves and what, who you know, we are our own gods in ways. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but we just are. A lot of things are about the self. We're indulging our worst impulses and you get a lot of stupidity when you do that. And the reason I think it's dumber than almost... And we used to do things like, you know, cut ourselves to bleed because that was healing somehow, right? Um, we used to do dumb things. Ignorant but, things. Ignorant things. But now we're doing dumb things where we should know better by now. And that's why I think it's worse. It's worse now than it was a couple of hundred years ago when we didn't have the knowledge yet. Good point. We have knowledge now. Yet we are dumber maybe than we've ever... The difference between where we should be and where we are is so vast. Well, it's because, I think that's because the range of human personalities is so vast. Right? I mean, if you had a scale of one to a thousand, there are going to be millions of people in each one of those individual scales. Somebody's a one, somebody's a thousand, and, they're, and not, not one person, like thousands of people, maybe mil millions easily are in each one of those thousand categories when it comes to the combinations of intelligence and, in, you know, uh, the ability to control emotions, your violent nature, whether you even have, even if you had a violent nature, do you even have the physical capability to have that? It's probably even a more, more than a thousand variations. And there are millions of people within each one of those. I think that maybe that, that, that the, the variation is largely why it's hard to predict why some people are the nicest people all the time. And some people are just flat-out jerks all the time. And then everything in between. Yeah. And someone can be a bagger at schnooks, and they're a jerk, and they do minimal damage. Right. But you take the same person and make them the prime minister or the president or the dictator of some country, and they have nukes and, you know. Yeah. Rach, thoughts? Um, yeah, I get everything you guys are saying. I just try to comfort myself with the fact that even though there is so much negativity, there's kind of like what Kevin was saying. There's so much positivity too. There's so many people who are willing to rise above those base instincts and be a little bit better. And I have to think there's more people now than at any other point in history who are making a conscious choice because of the knowledge we have to do things a little differently. There's got to be 
you know, lots of people listening right now who get frustrated every time we cover this because it's like they're probably anti-war and don't want any of this to be happening at all. It's not necessarily about picking a side or rooting for a certain team. So, yeah, let me make a a specific point here. So most of us, uh, if you're listening to KMOX, you're, you're probably also a news watcher or reader. So I'm not going to start all over with what's happening in Israel and Gaza. Uh, just very quickly, there was a hospital hit and hundreds of people were killed. And the uh, uh, the Gazans and Hamas and Hezbollah and a large part of the Muslim world uh, are saying that it was Israel. And they, they launched a missile from uh, a plane and uh, the blood is on their hands and Iran's ready to go nuke and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the 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 poor people. Uh, hopefully, they've evacuated. I haven't heard this, but in Lebanon, the American embassy is surrounded and they're burning things. And uh, the IDF came out and said, "No, it was not us. Uh, if it had been us, you would see a crater. You would see this. You would see that. You don't see it. Here are the uh, the radar. Here's this. Here's that. Here's like all this proof that it was Islamic Jihad." Uh, working with Hamas, who launched a bunch of rockets. One went awry, and it landed in this parking lot next to the hospital. We can tell because of these 10 factors. And I watched uh, our friend General Hurdle this morning, and I watched a few other reports. And while I am certainly not an expert on any of this, it looked very convincing to me. They have the intercepted chatter from Hamas basically saying, oops, that was us. Uh, Oh, that was our rocket. Yes, it was. And I want to make a point and I want to preface it with this. Uh, I want to connect this to Donald Trump. Don't pee your pants. okay? I'm not blaming Donald Trump for any of this, but I want to make a point about living in what I call a post-truth society. In 2013-14 or so. Uh, if this had happened, it's not like Hamas would have been like, oh, you got us. It, it was us. But most of the world would want to know the facts. If you had radar, if you had audio, if you had this or this or this, they would be interested in that and they would be largely swayed by it. But since the advent of Donald Trump and fake news and alternative facts and uh, you know, the military I worked with are the dumbest people ever. And this guy sucked and that guy sucked and QAnon and all this stuff. And you throw in AI and deep fakes. It seems to me that we live in a world where our narrative is far more important and far more convincing than any sort of facts that if you want it to be Israel who did it, and you're presented with all of these facts to the contrary, you can simply go, they faked it, uh, AI, or I don't care because blah. And I think that in an already dynamic, scary world, that this, and I'm not trying to be a doomsayer, but this is more than fuel on the fire, no pun, Because once we as a people abandon facts and empiricism and we just brush it aside and we serve our own narratives, 
the way we have politically over the last few years, to Ranji's point, we're going back thousands of years, you know, before the scientific revolution where there were no such things. It was just, I believe that God lives in this frog and therefore it's true. Um, I think that we're sort of looping around. We're kind of lapping ourselves. And I was watching this this morning and I'm watching with great interest the the evidence brought forward knowing full well that the Islamic world, those in the Islamic world who are protesting, aren't going to say, ah, crap, okay, well, you got us on that one. Looks like it was Hamas or Islamic Jihad. Sorry about that, Israel. Uh, We'll take that off your balance sheet. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Even though a government like Iran probably knows the truth. Yes, the smart guys do. Yeah. The scientists, the military people do. Yeah. And again, I am not blaming Donald Trump for anything that's happening now. I'm just saying that with that advent, it was so powerful when he said fake news and it stuck. It was so powerful, alternative facts. It's so powerful that 30 percent of our country are following some guy online called Q that uh, that has become, I think, as important or more than, hey, look, here's the evidence. No, 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 screw, screw the evidence. And people on both sides do it. Thoughts? I think what you're talking about explains American behavior pretty well. Um, it might be a little bit different around the world in that region in particular because that, you're, you're talking about decades, if not hundreds of years, of animosity. And so no matter what you say, it's it's just so deep inside each of them. If they, if they have hatred or if they have a certain opinion of Israel or whatever country, and it's, it's very difficult to lose that. But you absolutely have touched on, on, on how we, as a country, this country, look at facts and alternative facts. And that's a you're a hundred percent right on that. That you can find, no, no matter what you believe, you can find a source that reinforces what you already believe. That's not even a fringe source. It doesn't have to be some you know, some newsletter from some guy in Idaho who puts it out and like 10 people know about it. You could find it mainstream. You could find it on on a network. You, you could go to cable and you could find a network or you could find a popular YouTube channel and it's there for you and it just reinforces what you think. So I think you're talking about the the American attitude. I'm not sure it explains the rest of the world though. Yeah, my, part of the problem in the rest of the world is that there are a lot of autocratic regimes that control the message in their country and the people that live there really only hear what they allow. What the government yeah. wants them to hear. And that's obviously different. But here, what's amazing to me is that we have two entities that are very much not alike. You have a Western democracy that is an ally of the United States, of all of the European nations that are also allies of the United States, versus a terrorist organization. And there is a percentage of people that believe the terrorist organization, the organization in its original charter that said they need to destroy all of Israel and kill every Jew. Mm -hmm. And that's the disturbing part to me is that we know who Hamas is. They're terrorists, right? It's not a, it's not a government. It's not, I mean, I know that they hold office, but again, they hold office at the point at the, at the, at the, at the uh, end of a gun and they haven't allowed elections in 17 years. 
And when we do this, like, so as an example, we think about all these, I think, dumb college kids who don't really understand what's going on. But NBC just did a poll recently. It showed like 70% of college students say that it's terrorism, they, that they believe that Israel's the victim, that this is terrible. Well, that never, here, that doesn't get reported. What gets reported is college students are protesting. Well, sure, 12% said they thought it was a justified act. Now, that's still too many. It should be zero. But 12% is, is nowhere near the majority. It's a very small percentage. And, but we, what, what do we amplify? What get, what's the story been for the last week? College campuses supporting Hamas. No, small percentages of people who are not very bright, are supporting Hamas in this. Who don't have life experience yet, I, I for mean, sure. Yeah, I, I know we've had this discussion probably for the last year where I do place a heavier emphasis on college institutions, especially higher um, academic, higher academia and like Ivy Leagues, like Harvard. I, it's interesting how we talk about college students at Harvard at 21, 22 years old, and we we lift them up in so many ways until it's something like this. And then you have college students, 33 different student groups at Harvard. How, do we know or, how many students that was yet? But here's the thing. I can I can bring receipts for days. Here's another one. University of Wisconsin. There's a group, Glory to the Martyrs. We had Cornell University, a professor. How many students in each group? Listen, a professor. Then you have... Um, at Cornell, you have Columbia University, another professor. Then you have San Diego, and then you have New How York. How many professors are on these faculties? Then you have So San one of Diego. them symbolizes what's wrong with the whole thing, but you've got 150 others that aren't doing that. And that's my thing is as I keep getting uh, receipts because pushback like that, what I found Do you have receipts I, for the numbers I'm asking you for? Yeah, what I'm saying is I'm actually dismayed by, let's say, with the 33 student groups, you can even assume... There's three people in each group. What did you say? There were 300 and there was 400 or something at one at one school, which you may say is not a lot. But the thing is, these schools are overly influential in the future of our country. And in San Diego, those weren't just students. And in New York, those just weren't students. And if you have pro-Palestinian protesters, that's one thing. But if you are starting to see at in cities across the country where there is an emblem of a paraglider on their signs or on their shirts... That is significant. And what I would say is as I've looked into it to get the receipts, I found myself actually more dismayed by the numbers of people who are pro-Hamas tactics in this situation. Kevin gets the next one. We have to break, though, because we're really, really late. We'll pick it up after the break, and we'll take your phone call. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Welcome back, DGS. Okay, Mom and Dad are arguing. Let's get back to it, Kevin. Go. Well, no, no. I mean, Amy and I, I think, agree that this men, this mentality, this attitude, this defending of Hamas is a problem. That it's not right. That it's incorrect. That it's bad. You think it's exaggerated? I don't. I don't. No. 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 I don't like the characterization that's happening. That this is somehow an indictment of the colleges where these protests have happened, because it's such a small percentage of the campus population. So Harvard, for example, has twenty five thousand students. If a thousand students are participating, and they're not, because we're not seeing numbers that big at protests. But even if those 33 student groups comprise a 1,000 people, what percentage of the student body is that? It's not 10%. It's like 3% or 4%. So what I, what I don't like is the characterization. And I think we would all agree, right? Like, I used this during the break when we were talking a little bit. If you looked at Charlottesville and saw what happened there and said, well, white men... 
Well, that would be ridiculous. It's a very small percentage of white men that would that actually believe the things that the people who marched in Charlottesville stand for. But we're still talking about Charlottesville because it's shocking. Right, right. So let's and keep. That's but let's, saying, but that's people, not, people let's got not, hurt. Right, but and let's killed. not let's not broaden the scope yeah. though, because what we're do what we're seeing is it's this happened at Harvard, and it did, but it happened with a tiny percentage of the student body. Most of the student body does not believe that. If three faculty members at a place that has three hundred faculty members are supporting something terrible, well, those three are terrible. But that's not an indictment of the rest of the people in that system. And I would say I didn't realize we were arguing just about academia. I was saying in general, whether it's on the streets or on universities, I've just been I've dismayed a little bit. Yes. Because there's more people than I thought who know what they're doing when they are shouting about martyrs or wearing paragliders. And, yeah. and that has been incredibly dismaying. Yeah, that's that's definitely not good. I, I think to Kevin's point. There have been uh, around the country a handful of, um, I, I guess you call them rallies, not really protests, of predominantly Jewish people who are saying, stop the war in Gaza. We don't want their blood on our hands in our name. Um, and there was one in D.C. today, and I, I can't tell how many people are there, just a few videos, maybe a couple hundred. I don't really know. But they don't represent the vast majority of the Jewish community, I would think. I mean, there probably are a lot of Jewish people who don't want there to be a war. Of course. Um, and, and they don't want innocent people. I don't think any of them want Nobody innocent wants people Nobody killed. Wants that. Yeah. But I would, I would think that that does not represent the millions of Jewish people who are here. You know, I don't, I don't think it does that. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and my bigger complaint is that when I, was, when I first brought this up was the framing of it that we're seeing on how it's presented on TV. And how it's presented in news stories online where it's like Harvard students. No, 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 no. A small percentage of Harvard students. Don't put the 24,500 students that aren't doing it in the same boat as the ones that are. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, and that's kind of going back to the point of how we're actually communicating these stories. I would also add this point, too. When you were in college, and I made this point to Amy when we were having a discussion, you're your opinions and your ideas evolve as you gain life experience. And a lot of these kids who are 19 or 20 in college, they don't they don't know a lot yet. Yes, Harvard is prestigious because it helps you get a job after the fact. But once you get that job, you start to gain life experience and your ideas change. We're DGS. why swallow a bit of burger. Um, High Point brought some burgers by, so we're enjoying those things, High Point. Uh, let's change things up. Good conversation. I appreciate everyone's honesty and anger, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm never angry. I've never met a person like you. I, I went to Wash U Law School, and I've never <laughs> met a person like you. The way you argue. I know. It's terrible. Yeah. In the moment, oh. in the moment, I, can't, I don't even realize I'm doing it, and then after you the fact, I'm that, like, oh, my God. You don't is. do that with your wife, though. She's the only one in the world. Good. Nobody else. <laughs> Keep it that way. I mean, I'm, you, telling, I'm dead serious. That is, she's the only person in the world I don't argue with like that. Can you imagine if he if he's this, but with knowledge of the law, and he's, he's, he's <laughs> trying a case? Yeah. And the pla- and, and the the plaintiff's like, all right, just drop the chart. I don't care anymore. I give up. I just want to go home. I don't know if he's right or not. I just want to get the hell out of here. Yeah. They're like, did he win? They're like, we don't. We, we, don't, know. Know. we all like, left. Yeah. All right. We- <laughs> Still going in there. Objection overruled. Oh, so what you're saying is. <laughs> This is democracy. You don't rule over anything. 
<laughs> Unreal. <laughs> but Kevin and I are still friends. No, we are. We're all fr- we're, we're friends. It's cool. I mean, I argue like that with my best friends. Aw, yeah, thanks. I do. I, I want to be on that email thread of yours with these people that you, you should. haven't seen in 20 years. No, you should. It's amazing. <laughs> Rachel, I thought of you. I saw the headline was, what actual witches eat on Halloween. <laughs> oh! Everyday fears. Everyday fears. fears. Mm-hmm. That's what Did they you? do, right? Children, and then they boil them in the, in oh the big... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in the big pot. <laughs> That's what that's what the witches do. Called a cauldron. Chris. Cauldron. That's it. The big pot. That was your problem with this statement. <laughs> Get the tools right. He misnamed that's, the. That's what the pot. witches do. They Isn't heat it? the children in a cauldron. Chris, get it right. What's, Come on. There's a story. There's like an old. Uh, you know. Hansel and Gretel. That's yeah. it. They well, lure the children into their candy that's cabin. The Man, that's I think maybe me. Macbeth too. Mm-hmm. I think. And that is that a? I don't remember the story. Is that in? Do they go into the cauldron or do they go into an oven? Oven. 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 Oh, oh oven. my gosh! You've never heard of Hansel I know and Gretel, I did, but I think I forgot that they. Amy Marks. Did she succeed? I think. No, they think so. No, I think they got the away. I yeah, I think her. they flipped yeah. it around. Yeah. yeah. I believe in the Grimm's. I think one of them. So I'm gonna Google it. Did Hansel and Gretel win? At least my era. We told children the yep. worst possible stories to tell a child. Yeah, because you because to Chris's point about freshmen at Harvard, uh, multiply that times a thousand. When you're five, you don't know what is out there in the world, and so when you hear stories, uh, Peter and the Wolf screwed me up for a long time. Um, so many stories from back then were horrific, and then mm-hmm. they're like, okay. Sleep well. <laughs> well all, all of the kids' songs are based on something terrible. Mm-hmm. What about Bambi's mom? Or was it her, his yeah, dad? Yeah, it was his mom, mom. But also, like, Disney softened those stories a bit because at the end of Cinderella and the original story, all her bird friends, you know, that helped make her outfit, uh, they pecked out the eyes of her evil stepsisters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the original, the original yeah. Hans Christian Andersen, she, like, dies horrifically or some such thing in the original uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, Disney's like, ugh, this is a little heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Disney's like, we like most of this. We're not going to be able to sell too much merch if they <laughs> yeah. look out the stepsister's eyes. Hansel and Gretel never scared me, though, because I got to get fat off of eating candy, which, you know, was like, oh. hey. <laughs> Seemed like an even trade to you? Yeah. I'm like, look. going to die happy. Uh, look, candy and getting fat up front, and then we'll discuss the rest later. I'll figure that out when it comes to it. <laughs> Little uh, trivia question. So the Sphere in Las Vegas, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, they published their monthly electric bill. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Any guesses? Um, dollars? Yeah. I'm not going to guess because I always yeah, I, dollars. I, yeah. I meant like not power used. Yes. Uh, <laughs> dollars. 300,000. Um, I was going to say 150. 5 million. Uh, I'll say 2 million. I hate people like you. What? He said five million. Oh, so you base it off of his dumb ass. Okay, fine. <laughs> $464,000. Oh, boy. Wow. Which tells you how much they're making yeah. off that sphere. Dude. I don't like it when the sphere was just like a smiley face yeah. with the eyes looking around. Yeah. That was oh, not that was, my favorite. I kind of liked it when it was the eyeball. See, oh, this oh, is that was yeah. really weird. I am not good at planning ahead because I would be that person that would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the sphere. And you make it. And I totally forgot about the electric bill. And mm. like, what did you think it was going to cost? And right. I would say, well, honestly, I never thought about the and electric bill. They probably have the most um, efficient possible lighting system they could have in that. And that's still what it's costing them. 
Yeah, but I, U2 is extending, I think, through or into January. I think mm, they were supposed to have the residency I really, next truly, month. I really, truly, anyone here see Soylent Green? I, I know about Only it. parts of it, yeah, but I so know the story. In Soylent Green, when someone is about to die, they take them to this room that is sort of like an IMAX, and it's like, what would mm-hmm. you like to see? I'd like to see the woods. Okay. So then they show them the woods, and they give them the green stick or whatever, and they're done, and they turn them into people. I really think that if I live to be like my mom's age uh, and it's some sort of hospice situation, I'll probably die in one of these spheres. Hmm. Like, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it, that 20, 30, 40 years from now, we have miniature spheres, and it's like, I want to see images from when my kids were little. Okay, here you go, Mr. Glover. Boom. I really think that's probably what we'll do. Is that bad or good? feels sad. I'm going to get hit by a bus on Grand at Skinker, and that feels happier. <laughs> That's quite Very specific. <laughs> I know. I would never go to that corner again I if know. I were you. <laughs> Amy's like, one of those witches told me that. Yeah. That's how I'm going to die. She was an everyday witch, so. <laughs> Rachel would I'm going to die her. here. I know it. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I have a question, probably a bigger question than our few minutes here, but uh, for some reason on my TikTok, it's decided that I want to see people standing up to cops and i'm sure you've all seen these where it's like roll your window down sir nope i'm not going to roll it down what what are the reasons you pulled me over you don't have reasonable suspicion uh this is a public place i get to videotape and it's always them owning the cops the auditors yes it's it's never like the them going to jail uh and i'm torn because it seems that these citizens are in the right because most times when they call the supervisor and the sergeant shows up, he's like, yeah, he doesn't have to show you ID because you didn't have a reasonable suspicion, blah, 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 blah. Yet, uh, I don't like seeing people be ugly to cops, mm-hmm. and I'm torn. Thoughts? Well, I think it's important to know your rights just in case you get pulled over by someone pretending to be a cop, which happens, you know? Like, I don't know. I always notice people putting lights on their cars and— it, they're trying to make themselves look like cops, and it really creeps me out. But I think it's important to know your rights. But if you're dealing with an actual police officer, yeah, just do what they say. I mean, that's the e- going to be the easiest thing for everybody. Wait, you've seen that a lot? Because I've always heard, especially like as a young girl when I was driving for the first time, if a car behind you with lights on tries to pull you over but it's unmarked, you can call 911 and make sure it's a cop car. But I've never seen a car just put a light on it to look like a cop car. I've just seen people put like red, white, and blue lights like towards the top. Yeah, and then you see like a there's a Like those string lights? No, no. It it, it, Mounted on top of the car. Yes, Hmm. I've seen that. And then I've I've seen like downtown, it's private security but they're making their cars look like cop cars. What what about like what I brought up though, the asserting your rights. And I'm not talking about the sovereign citizen people. I just mean like... No, these are actual people who know the law. I don't don't answer questions. I'm not going to give you my ID. And at least in the TikToks, they always win. Mm -hmm. But again, I have such respect for cops that... I'm always very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to go, just give me your ID. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I know that sometimes, depending on the situation, asserting your rights like that, while it may be your right, sometimes it actually makes some of the cops mad or suspicious, you know? Almost all the time. Yeah. And that's like also, I, I wouldn't want to encourage anyone to put themselves unnecessarily 
in a position yeah. where it could be a big win is people go to police stations and they look inside the cruisers and they take videos. Mm. Well, well, no, lots of cops get ambushed. So the cops come out and they're like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Like, oh, I'm on public pop, you know, oh. property. And it's like, look, dude, you look suspicious. And I understand both sides mm-hmm. uh, that, OK, maybe technically you're right. But if I'm a cop and I see someone filming the inside of my cruiser, I'm going to have a conversation. I think yeah. what I don't like is people looking for an interaction. Yes. Yes. People get their phones out. Oh, and like, and I'm, it's 100% I'm, that. Yeah, yes. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm going yeah. to do what I can to get pulled over so that I, I do have this interaction oh. so that yeah. I can film it. It's the entire TikTok. basis of their YouTube channels or their or I their TikTok that. accounts. Or like That's the part that's not okay. If it's let's, a real situation and you assert rights, that's different. Let's take a break. We have uh, Brian calling in from the do with a very interesting point, and I want us all to be able to talk to Brian about it. 151 DGS and KMOX. Brian, uh, go right ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah, hey, I just wanted to uh, share a few thoughts on that about the whole Palestinian you know, situation over there. Um, you know, with the pro-Palestinian protests going on, I, I wonder how many of those people realize that what really went on when, when, they, when Hamas took the, ter- uh, the hostages, they paraded them back through Gaza, and a lot of their civilians were on their balconies cheering on the, the whole procedure. Uh, I don't think that I think that the media and mainstream media and a lot of people around the world are sympathetic to these Palestinians. But I'm not so, so sure that they're the most you know outstanding humans, if you want to call them that. And secondly, wow. um, yeah. dude, that wow. that's terrible, that. man. Yeah, yeah and where well, are you? On, on, where That's are you terrible. getting this information that people were standing on their balcony cheering? Where did you see I, that? I, I saw it on some news outlet, not anything mainstream for sure, because, you know, they're not showing that. They don't want to show that. They want, you know, they're kind of siding with the Palestinians. If you look at uh, organizations like CNN, they will side with the Palestinians for that whole, you know, touchy-feely they're getting. That has yeah, I don't think you're watching yeah. CNN, man. I've, I've watched a no, lot sorry, of it, and they are, not, they are not doing that Most at of the mainstream, not most no, of them. I, I would say no. the vast, but would you guys agree the vast majority of any mainstream coverage has been very much uh, Mostly pro-Israel, pro-Israel on that Agreed. side? Mostly, yeah. 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 I've been watching it wall to wall. In fact, it's one of the accusations that anti-Semites have about the media. Yeah. Is that yeah, they're, and, they're, they're and, pro-Israel. Brian, I'm, thank you for calling. And I always say that all opinions are welcome. And I wanted to get it, and I specifically want to get Brian on because what he told Andrew was, uh, I don't think the Palestinians are uh, innocent. I think that they're supporting Hamas. Uh, okay, that's an that's an opinion that I will allow on KMOX. But when you say I'm, I don't think they're human. That's we don't need to be talking like that. I think there are. A, a, I don't know what the percentage is. I'm sure there are plenty that do support Hamas. But we have to acknowledge that there's also a sizable percentage that don't, and even some of that support. Have you ever seen the videos from from North Korea where they're all so happy to see their dear leader and they're singing the song? If they don't, they get shot. So do they really love their dear leader? Or are they afraid Or of are him? they putting on the show that they know that they have to put on to survive? And I think that's a, an important question for any of these types of situations. And and also, I think this was an important part point that someone who lives in the area brought up. We talked about Hamas, yes, elected in 2005 or 2006. So there haven't been elections in that many years. And over 50 percent, 50 percent of Palestinians are 18 years or Kids, younger. Yeah. But that also means that schools... 
uh, government propaganda will be Hamas propaganda. So there's also the radicalization factor of kids who grew up mm-hmm. in this and all they know is what Hamas told them. I'm not it doesn't make it right. I'm just saying that, yes, I, I like Kevin said, there are some in that area who do support Hamas. Uh, Hamas has been terrible to the people in Palestine. I struggle even, you know, in some ways more with the people here who are wearing the paraglider on their shirts or on their signs. And and that's very, very dismaying. But there's multiple levels to this on uh, strong um, emotions. But what we know is like the horrors committed by a terrorist organization roundly wholly condemned. Mm -hmm. And then think again, use the, the, the example of the Taliban, right? They are not in power because the people there necessarily want them to be. They're in power because they have guns, they have weapons, and they have the means to enforce their 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 will on the people that live in various places. Now, do, do some people under their rule agree with them? Sure they do. Of course they do, but not all of them. It'd be like looking at the United States and thinking we all see the same thing when we mm-hmm. clearly don't. We're, we're busy tearing each other apart every day. And 1.2 million of them about, and they're about 2.45, I think, that live there total, they're kids. I mean, they're under 18. I, I can't fault a 12-year-old for what they're taught by terrible adults. Uh, thank you, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 